Hello, and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. This podcast is ran by two ladies who play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast does, does, does cover topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. podcast my name is jen and my name is emily and yes welcome back it's been another week uh speaking of weeks what did you do this week jen oh my god it's been a really stressful freaking week dude (laughs) like i was just telling emily that i have been stressed to the point of almost no return so um good thing it's it's friday Yes. When you were listening to this. <laughs> That's true. I was going to say, not where we're, not in the time that we're living in right now. But, um, yeah, somehow for me, but it's... Friday is coming. It's, it'll be here soon. I can freaking hope. But, yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a week. That's for sure. Um, I got to experience my closest thing to an allergy attack in a long time. So that's been a nice, refreshing view on life um (laughs) i bet (laughs) i just there's just so much to unpack there um but what else oh yeah i was gonna tell you jen that i uh i don't know if you've done this yet in the in the world of the calgary but uh i event i did end up going to the van gogh museum uh when did you go uh when today the day that we're recording Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I was working in Calgary with my mom, and then uh, mm-hmm. on our break, we, we decided to stop by the Van Gogh Museum, because it might be a cool experience. Oh, that's fun. I'm actually going, um, not this weekend, but next, because this upcoming weekend, the day after you are listening to this, we are finally doing Emily's Bachelorette party long awaited <laughs> after the wedding and a couple months afterwards but yes and it's gonna be super fun i'm gonna be yes. liddy titty in a jumpsuit somewhere <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> somewhere in the mountains and hopefully no bear finds me because uh i would be easy prey i think for that night but your disco boots won't keep you safe or i i can't get good mileage in those so hmm I know, heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, so, oh yes, but I was going to say though, so for the Van Gogh Museum, it is v- very interesting. I won't spoil too much for you, but uh, my mom and I thought it was both very beautiful and she said she was very thrilled with the experience. So I feel like that was su- a-, a success. I can't wait to go. I feel like it's going to be really fun. Yeah. I'm pumped. It's going to be real good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, but I guess this is the part of the show now where we spin the wheel of questions. Are you ready, Ms. Jen? Spin away. I actually have some good questions for you today. I'm pumped. Have you ever dated someone that you met online? I have. That's a yes. I know you have. (laughs) (laughs) I had to think about that one and I was like, huh. And then I thought about what it used to be like dating on the internet. And I was like, yeah, that's happened before. <laughs> that that's a, that would be a yes for me. 
it, it's happened once or so. Something like that. Yep. Yep. What about what about what about yourself? Um, like, kind of. I had a kind of like I was in grade six. Um, the boy in grade six that I met online was named Cody. And he went to a friend's, like, a different middle school. And we quote-unquote dated, but we never actually met in person. (laughs) We, like, Skyped a couple of times. Okay, okay. It was awkward. (laughs) Yeah. I remember being like, oh my god, I have a boyfriend online. (laughs) It sounds, it really does sound like the the typical middle school thing of like, I have a boyfriend, but you don't know him. He goes to another school. He goes to a different school. And then everybody's like, okay, you're a big fat liar, but whatever. Yeah. I remember he, we broke it off when he told me that he loved me and I was like, um, like, I don't really feel the same way. Okay, bye. You're like, oh, you're cute. But like, not that cute. But like, not that cute. Okay, that's actually super funny, though. I don't know. See, I feel like, um, for myself, it's it was kind of a weird thing, because I, I got the opportunity to meet lots of people who live around the country, I guess, when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and in other countries. So I would meet people, IRL, but then we would, like, have a relationship over the internet, I guess. But there is one person that I genuinely met them on Facebook. I was like, I don't know. I was, like, on Facebook one day, and I was like, ah, he's kind of cute. And I added him, and he's like, hey, how do I know you? And I was like, you don't know me yet. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I thought I was being so sly. Not that slick. Uh, Dated very briefly, because he was kind of a big, fat weirdo, which, honestly, I should have seen that coming. (laughs) I really should have. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that, yep. That's all after yep. that. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's spin for our next question. In your experience, what are the best and worst parts of dating someone you met online? Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I got an easy answer for this. So I think the best part about dating somebody or at least starting to date somebody is when you can like have fun together still like do like novelty experiences or like you're getting to know them and you find out something like really cool niche about them and you're like oh my gosh and like the fun of getting to know somebody uh and that and like that whole experience um my least favorite I think is if there's like a like a missed connection like when you meet somebody and you start dating and maybe you're like oh like they're nice but the chemistry's not there well in the meantime they're looking at you and they're like She's the love of my life. <laughs> I, I'm going to be with her forever. And then at some point, you guys, like, look at each other and they're like, marry me. And you're like, uh, you're cool, I guess. You're cool, but, like, not, like, that cool. <laughs> exactly. And then things end. And then it's like, okay, but, like, that could have been a cool friendship had it not turned into this weird thing where it's like, okay, I don't really like you. And then they're like, and they're like, please. I can't like, live without thing. you. And then forever they call you the the one the the one that got away or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, sounds cool. Oh my god, yeah. 
Yeah, that's like my least favorite. Um, because then you think about it forever, and it's just horribly embarrassing. But, oh. but no, I like I said though, I do think that the getting to know somebody part, and like I said, the novelty of like having new experiences or like being able to like do things with somebody that you're obviously attracted to, but getting to know, like I think that whole part's fun. Yeah, I don't really have much to add. Um, since I haven't super dove into the online dating world because. Uh, the only boy I've dated online was my sixth grade <laughs> boyfriend. Well, no, cause like when, so like I would think about it from the perspective then of like, um, like, so when you started dating your now fiance, like what was your favorite part about like getting to know him in that relationship versus like the, am I allowed to say their names? Whatever. You're probably going to cut this anyways. The two guys named and what you didn't like about them in high school. <laughs> oh god i get okay um emily just reminded me that um i i cut a little bit because emily said their names but uh <laughs> she just reminded me that there was one other boy that i did meet online and that was uh, one of the boys that you just said who <laughs> went to the one of the other high schools in our hometown yep and we did meet on like facebook i think initially and then it like Obviously, we went to school in the same city, and we were in high school, so we met up eventually. But, like, I think the worst part is that, I don't know, it just seems fucking suspicious to me. Like, I feel like, as, like, a teen, it's weird meeting people and online and then dating them especially when we were in high school because it wasn't like super a thing yet like mm-hmm. it didn't really become a thing until we were in like college so it was like really new and i feel like people <laughs> some people used it for like ulterior motives like in for my evil. situation <laughs> it was like a guy who i found out had another girlfriend so love that um yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're right, though. When we were... So that's the thing, too, is, like, when we were teenagers, we really thought that it, it was, like, the the top of, like, social media at that time and, like, mm-hmm. and all that different stuff. So, like, honestly, though, teenagers should definitely not be meeting people online to date, especially with, like, how many different grooming stories I've heard from people now. Like, mm-hmm. so many. Like, people... So here's the thing. I have spoken with a lot of different people in my lifetime up until now, I guess. <laughs> But uh, one of those things is that when people have this idea of, like, grooming in their head, they're like, oh, it only happens sometimes. Like, it's not a very common thing. It happens a lot. I would th- I would say probably eight out of ten young people, like, men included, get groomed as a teenager to some extent by somebody. Without, like, whether they know exactly what that reason is, if that person's trying to get something from them or establish a relationship, like... You don't know, but it happens so often. It it really does. And it's really scary because I look back at when we were in high school and a friend of mine who I was super close with at the time was groomed. And Emily knows this story, mm-hmm. but I won't. It's not my story to share, yep. uh, especially on a public platform. But it's just like, it's so interesting to look back and see the signs of something that was just kind of like shuffled under the rug at the time and now mm-hmm. you're like 
oh my god why did no one do anything like that's horrific um unacceptable see or it's like um like for myself like i even recognized that at one point that i was being groomed but not until like i was an adult when i was like because when i was 16 i had that guy who was like 24 who like i thought he was cute and he mm-hmm. was into me, but a 16-year-old should not be talking to a 24-year-old. And he made all of the moves, too, is the scary mm-hmm. thing. And now I think about Ew. it, and I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> if, like somebody who was, yeah. like, 24, like, a man my age, was telling people about his girl, this girl he's seeing who's 16, I think I would hit him. I'd be like, are I you- I would be like, you're disgusting. Date someone your own fucking age, dude there's so many options literally so many options and that's the thing too is i feel like a child that's the thing if you were talking to a teenager sorry but it's it's sending certain vibes and it might be pedophile vibes just saying for sure pedophile vibes i'm just gonna say that exactly all right let's should we spin for our next question spin again my dude um i already know the answer to this but i'm gonna ask it anyway have you ever dated someone that you met at work yeah i giggle because she's married to a man have you ever married somebody that you met <laughs> that i met at work wow i actually haven't um don't know what that experience is like yes uh, <laughs> Yes, I I have, and now I'm gonna be marrying him, or I am married to him. Oh my God, what year is it? Um, you you are married to him. I was at the wedding. It that, can confirm it happened. That did happen. Yeah, whether I, I was signed a document. Or not. <laughs> You're like, trust me, I was there. Um, <laughs> I was a legal witness. Okay. <laughs> that's true. It's very true. Um. Well, what about yourself, Jen? I already know the answer to this one. Have you ever dated somebody you met at work? Uh, yeah, my now fiance. I don't work. <laughs> oh my god, that's so crazy. That's unheard of. Unheard of. Yeah, we actually met uh, at our high school fast food jobs. So that's fun. <laughs> you just saved yourself so fast. I'm not going to pretend like I didn't hear what you almost just said. <laughs> oh, love that for us. All right, I'll spin for our last question. What is it? <laughs> the question is, drum roll, please. She's giving you a silent drum roll on her bed. Okay. Um, if would you date a married man if he told you he was getting a divorce? Nope. Good answer, Em. I agree. <laughs> and for a very like- simple reason. Number one, I don't trust men. <laughs> number two <laughs> number two is that if you weren't happy with your partner you would already be divorced from them the contingency wouldn't be finding a new relationship to divorce that person you know what i mean mm-hmm. see i don't know if it's this rule everywhere but in the province that we live in you have to be separated for a year before you can get an official divorce Mm -hmm. so i would consider it if i knew for sure like they were on like the tail end of that separation like if i could and they were like officially 
separated also, like, not living in the same household or even the same city, obviously different lives, don't cross paths, don't communicate, like, I would, that's the whole thing, is that I would expect, like, very clear, open, honest communication if that was the yeah. thing. Yeah, see, I mean, like, I'd be okay with them living in the same city and having communication, even, oh, yeah. like, especially if they had like kids, kids together, or something yep. together. Mm-hmm. but like i would want to meet this woman and make sure that like she also knew they were separated <laughs> <laughs> yeah but this wasn't like a one-sided thing see because that's the thing too is that like um i feel like a lot of times when this kind of stuff comes up whether it's a man or a woman who's telling somebody that they're going to be getting divorced and that's okay that they date people a lot of the time it's that they're unhappy and they're looking for a way out or they're self-sabotaging there's a lot of different things that contribute and it gets Mm -hmm. messy and the problem with that is that there's a lot of really intense emotions that come into that too so if you do get caught up in that situation where you're starting to see somebody and they maybe haven't had that talk with their spouse on, oh, I want a separation and they're dating you. Then you get caught in the situation of, okay, I'm dating this person that I like and I'm getting to know, but they're already fucking married to somebody. And now they're working on things because they didn't even have that talk or whatever, right? Like it just ends up becoming a very messy situation it, it, it puts you in an awkward situation because they told you one thing and then like, it wasn't the truth the time, yeah it's not even that's not even what's going on or like the other person doesn't even know and i feel like if the other person doesn't know they haven't had time to process their feelings mm-hmm. and you need that to happen before you get involved in my opinion or i would want that if i was getting involved for them to have like already sorted that shit out and like be parted ways exactly right and it's like what you were saying before though like if one person is telling you oh yeah my my so-and-so are getting a divorce like so Mm -hmm. it's okay so that's why i'm out dating people the other spouse in that relationship should probably also know that they are going to be getting a divorce (laughs) that's and that's the thing people yes that should be the big thing too like are they also seeing other people right like what else is happening that's why i was saying like open communication because there is so much so much that ties into it but yes my clear honest and concise answer is no agreed also fucking don't dress men either so that's why i said it was my number one (laughs) (laughs) agreed there uh let's see uh what what was it probably my mom somebody said something to me the other day where it's like men have two heads and they only think with one of them (laughs) (laughs) and then it was followed with guess which one and i was like i know the answer to this one is it it's a good question (laughs) (laughs) that's terrible but true yeah i love that um all right let's see uh i think i can guess your topic for today if you'll if you'll let me have at her yeah, have at her. Okay, um, men, specifically, um, cheating partner kills an orgy? I don't know. <laughs> something to do with- a partner kills an orgy? Wow, what a story. <laughs> something with lots of people who are dating, I don't know. <laughs> ah, I see. Okay, well, you're, like, not, like, I think I understand where you're going with that train of thought, and I think you're, like, you're on the right track. Uh, Unfortunately, there's no orgy, so I don't want to get your hopes up. (laughs) 
You're like, not to disappoint, but there are no orgies in today's episode. There is murder, so you're on the right track there. <laughs> okay, I love this. It sounds, it sounds good and interesting to me. So... Today I'm going to tell you uh, a story which you might have heard about because it definitely went viral on social media a couple of years ago. But I'm going to tell you about a woman named Shannon Catherine Ruzik. And she's now better known as Shannon Watts, who was born on Tuesday, January 10th of 1984 in Pasick County, New Jersey, the United States of America. America. Um, Shannon was born to Frank Ruzik and Sandra Ruzik, and she had a brother named Frankie. She was brought up in the Moore County in North Carolina and did her schooling at Pinecrest High School in Southern Pines. In 2002, Shannon got married to a man named Leonard King, and they had a and their relationship soon ended and they divorced sometime between 2007 and 2008. They had no kids together and had no real contact after their separation. And in 2010, Shannon said that she got a friend request from a man named Chris Watts on Facebook. Okay. Yes, she did not know him but accepted the request anyway. And in a Facebook, in a later Facebook video, Shannon said this about how they were introduced to one another. Quote, I was like, what the heck? I'm never going to meet him. Except one thing led to another. And eight years later, we have two kids live in Colorado and he's the best thing that ever happened to me. End quote. All right. All right. Good for her. So, Chris, or Christopher Lee Watts, was born on May 16th, 1985 in Favetteville, North Carolina. And back in 2010, when Chris first messaged Shannon, he was working at Anadarko Petroleum in Woodlands, Texas, Texas, making around $61,000 a year. On November 3rd, 2012... Chris and Shannon got married in Charlotte, North Carolina, and in 2013, Shannon and Chris decided to move from North Carolina and go a bit closer to her family, and they moved to Frederick, Colorado. Once they got there, Shannon started working at the Colorado Children's Hospital as an HR specialist, and that year, her and Chris also decided to buy a home together. They bought a five-bedroom house at um, 2825 Saratoga Trail on a loan of 39000 and some dollars. And at present, the house is valued at just over $583,000. Nice. Yes. So the couple had lots of big life changes in 2013, and in December 17th of that year, Shannon gave birth to a baby girl and named her Bella Marie Watts. She was super excited and happy to be a mother and felt like it was a blessing to get their family started. Um, Two years later, on July 17th, 2015, Shannon gave birth to their second daughter, and they named her Celeste Catherine Watts, but often referred to her by her nickname, Cece. 
Shannon had been dealing with some health concerns and battling lupus, so she was really excited to be able to have another child, and her family said that her kids were something that really brought her a lot of joy, and she, because of those health concerns, she didn't know if they were going to be able to have a second child, so Mm -hmm. it, it was, like, a real blessing in their family. Okay, okay. So... Although it seemed like things were, were looking up for the couple, they just had their second baby, they were running into some financial problems. In 2014, they had a joint income of around $90,000 a year, and they had about uh, over $44,000 of credit card debt, student loans, and medical bills. Right. So that's a big chunk of change. Mm-hmm. In June 2015, the couple jointly filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy in Colorado Federal Court. They stated to the court that their monthly bills were too much and they couldn't afford to pay anything towards their outstanding debt. Um, And to put it into perspective for you, they were bringing home around $4,900 every month and they had a $3,000 mortgage, a $600 car payment, along with their other basic living costs. So... Realistically, they didn't have a ton of money to put towards that giant debt that was looming over them. Fair enough, yeah. Things get, shit gets expensive. Yeah. So that bankruptcy case was closed in October 2015. However, the financial problems didn't end there for the couple. Windham Hill Master Association, Inc., which was Shannon and Chris's homeowners association, filed a suit against them for a fee of... $1,533 in July 2018. The amount was for unpaid uh, homeowner association fees. HOAs. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking HOAs. Taking care of the neighborhood. In July, or sorry, in January 2016, Shannon started working with Level, which was a multi-level marketing company uh, as an independent rep. And it was a nutritional supplement that she was selling called Thrive. And she really took a lot of pride in her work and was known by everyone around her to be a really hard worker. Um, so as I'm sure you know, a lot of people who work as reps for LM, uh, MLMs try to gain exposure by having a presence on social media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you know the story well. I think we all have had one of those hey girl messages in our inbox. <laughs> some of us multiple times for some reason because apparently I need 500 pairs of printed leggings. <laughs> yes. Um, and this was something that Shannon did. She spent a lot of time showing her life on platforms like Facebook and people around her said that because of her work she was on her phone a lot and she brought her phone with her everywhere. She was like a workaholic you could say but also like her family maintains that she was like still a great mom but she just she worked really hard to you know she was an entrepreneur that woman ah yes in the truest sense of the word i guess yes on may 5th 2018 shannon posted a 31 long minute facebook video and Shannon was musing about her family life, saying, quote, I love waking up now on Saturdays and being able to enjoy my family. 
end quote. And talking about being excited about the upcoming summer in Colorado, she said, quote, I believe that everything in life happens for a reason. And I also believe that people are placed in our life for a reason. End quote. Her husband, Chris, was in the background of a video playing with their two kids. So it just really reinforced this idea that they had a perfect life together. You know, like she's here on this Facebook video just talking about how great everything is. And you can see her husband and kids in the background. Like, very picturesque. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, on June 11th, 2018, in a video by Shannon, she was seen wearing a shirt that said, Oops, we did it again. And she surprised Chris with the news of their new pregnancy. And he reacted by saying, quote, that's awesome. Well, I guess it's, what, their third? Yeah, their third kid. Maybe he's like, this isn't a novelty anymore. He's like, okay, cool. We got another one. Go go us. Oops, we did it again. Got another one. Yes. On June 17th, 2018, Shannon posted a Father's Day message to Chris on Facebook, and it said, uh, Chris, we are so incredibly blessed to have you. You do so much for us every day and take great care of us. You are the reason I was brave enough to agree to number three. From laundry to kids to showers, you are incredible and we are lucky to have you in our life. Happy Father's Day. So, That's super sweet cute. message. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, things really did seem perfect. Um, I feel like this is gonna about to go super south super fast. <laughs> just wait and see. I just have a suspicion. <laughs> I, I'm a little suspicious. While things seemed really perfect and they seemed like a happy couple... Things were a bit shaky in their relationship. In June 2018, a woman who works at the same Petro company with Chris came into the picture. Her name was Nicole Kissinger, and she worked in the company's environmental department and would see the operators, including Chris, on the way to the fridge in the staff room. Mmm. Fridge. Fridge meetings. Yes. Love that. You know that water cooler life? Nah. The, what, the life water cooler gonna... life. <laughs> <laughs> only, only the cool kids hang up by the fridge. We ain't about that water cooler life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they got snacks in there. You can't get no snacks from the water cooler. <laughs> That's facts, though. <laughs> That's straight I speak, facts. I speak nothing but the truth. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, Chris came by her office and struck up a conversation one day. They had their first meeting outside of the office later that month. So, to give you a little bit of background on Nicole, she was born in 1988 and was known for having a keen interest in geology. The Colorado native graduated from Colorado State University in 2013 with a Bachelor's of Science and an emphasis on geology. She also had an Associate of Science, which she received after studying Geological and Earth Sciences and Geosciences at the Community College of Aurora. Most of Nicole's life was spent in her home state, from Aurora to Denver to Fort Collins to Littleton. Colorado certainly had no shortage of opportunities to keep her in the sciences. 
Although she started off as a bookkeeper, she steadily moved upwards and became a field engineer by early 2018. Nicole uh, had joined Tasman Geosciences, which was contracted with the Petro Company, where her and Chris both worked. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I'm familiar with this with this camp lifestyle that you're describing. According to the Denver Post, Chris and Nicole met about four or five times a week when they started having a physical relationship in early July. Nicole claims when she met Chris at work, she was unaware that he was married because he didn't wear a wedding ring around like when he was around her. However, many men with similar jobs didn't wear wedding rings to work because it can be a safety hazard. As it I'm sure is. you know, because. I work in that field, kind of similar, but yeah, no, it's a big yeah. risk of getting degloved. If uh, if our listeners don't know what that is, Google it because it's a little nasty. But it is a true thing. So nowadays they recommend you wear either a rubber ring or no ring. Yes. So he didn't wear a ring, but to be fair, they worked together, so that was probably why he didn't wear a ring. Yeah. Um, he eventually mentioned his wife and children, but Nicole claims that he said that he and Shannon were separated. Quote, he informed me that he did have two daughters. He also told me that he was currently in the process of separation from his wife. And that's how it started, said Nicole. Um, Though they were a little more than colleagues at the beginning, Nicole became Chris's mistress rather quickly. When they started dating in June 2018, sparks flew immediately and Chris claimed that Nicole showed him more respect than his own family and left him completely mesmerized. (laughs) See, that's the whole thing. That's why they literally always say the grass is always green or on the other side. Because striking up a new relationship with somebody is always going to be different than an old relationship you have with somebody else. Always. It's always going to be new and shiny at the beginning. And, like, things are going to feel a little different than at the beginning than they do once you're, like, however many years in and however many kids in. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, actually, this new person disrespects me more than who I was with before and is actually a witch. So (laughs) I I say that to be nice. But we all know I meant bitch. Ah, uh, I knew what you meant. <laughs> um, so according to an insider report, Nicole went to Chris's home for the first time on July 4th when they had their first phone call on record on July 7th. They also went on a date to Shelby American Collector Car Museum on July 14th and he spent the night at a Great Sand Dunes National Park on July 28th, all while Chris's family was away. On July 30th, Chris gave Nicole a love note before joining his family on vacation. Late in July 2018, while Shannon and the girls were out of town in North Carolina, Chris told Nicole that his divorce with Shannon was final. With Shannon was final. Spoiler, it it wasn't, and there was no official divorce documents filed or in the works. Yeah, because he's fucking full of baloney. Despite all of this, on July 31st, Chris flew to North Carolina to join his family, and despite it being a family vacation, texts that Shannon forwarded to a friend showed signs of trouble between the couple. Further messages also show that there was tension between Shannon and Chris's parents so even the in-laws are just like 
tense about this situation. Well, that's how you know there was some serious beef going on if, like, both of the parents are also looped in it somehow. Either from, like, you know, their children mentioning it to them or they've seen stuff now and they're like, okay, tension's running high. (laughs) Right. So after Chris told Nicole that his divorce was final, I think it's safe to assume that she thought things were going to start getting much more serious between them. On August 4th, 2018, Nicole spent two hours shopping for wedding dresses online and searched phrases like marrying your mistress and man I'm having an affair with says he will leave his wife in Google. (laughs) Keep in mind that this is also really only a few weeks after they first started talking, so things were moving very fast. No kidding. And But here's another thing, though. Like, you... If you are dating somebody who is a married man and you were, you were like, acknowledging in your frontal lobe and you're like, I am a mistress, like, that, that should be enough of a telling sign, I think. <laughs> right. Um, one other thing to note that's kind of interesting about this is later computer records were obtained, um, to show that Nicole frequented Shannon's Facebook page where Shannon announced her pregnancy and made frequent updates about her family. No one looking at Shannon's Facebook page would be under the impression that she was nearing the end of a mutual divorce as Nicole claimed to believe. Police also later found that she had been searching Google for Chris Watts as early as August 3rd, 2017, which was almost a full year before she claims they spoke for the first time and months before she, quote unquote, met him at work. No, dude, she was on the prowl. How? Here's the thing, though. Here is the thing. So there. uh, So. Like I, I said earlier, there's, I feel like when you meet a lot of people and you talk to a lot of people, sometimes you hear a lot of the same things. And I've heard now a few different times that there are women out there or people who one of their kinks is to be with somebody who is already taken because they need that level of unavailability. So they seek out people who are already in relationships or already married and then specifically try to seduce whoever is in that relationship because it helps them feel like, oh, well, I'm so good that I got this person to sleep with me even though they're married to somebody else. There's like a whole thing behind that. So it makes you wonder. I'm feeling I'm feeling like this is either kinky-ish or stalker-ish. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> it is definitely interesting. But I shall continue. Okay, on okay. August 9th, 2018, Shannon left on a business trip to Arizona after confiding to her friends about her troubles with Chris. And she texted a friend that she and Chris had their quote unquote best talk yet before she left on her trip. She even drafted a handwritten letter to Chris. Shannon was really doing her best to try and make things work with him because she knew it was on the rocks and she really wanted to try and work things out, especially since she was pregnant with his child. Yeah, being pregante is kind of also a big reason to want to stay together. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, Chris, on the other hand, was definitely not putting in the same amount of effort to his marriage and it seemed like he was already pretty checked out. On August 11th, 2018, while Shannon was still away on her business trip, Chris hired a babysitter so that he could take Nicole out on a date. He told the babysitter that he was going to a baseball game with a co-worker, but he actually took Nicole on a date to a bar. 
Mmm. There's no baseball at bars normally. I mean, maybe on the television. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe on the television. On August 13th, 2018, at 1.48 a.m., Shannon returned home from her business trip. Her friend and colleague, also named Nicole, uh, but a different Nicole, Nicole Atkinson, offered Mm -hmm. to give her a ride home from the airport because Chris was at home with the kids and they didn't want to wake them up so that he could come get her. Right. So later that morning, Chris wakes up Shannon and he's getting ready to go to work and wants to talk about their marriage and their future. Despite Shannon carrying their unborn son, who they had already named Nico Lee Watts, he tells her about his affair and says that their marriage won't last. So hang on, hang on, hang on. Just back up quickly. So they wanted to name the son Nico Lee Watts? Yeah. And the person he's having an affair with is named Nicole? Yes. I'm literally just putting this together. Nico Lee. Nicole. Barf. That's kind of weird. A weird I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think that's a coincidence. Anyways, <laughs> continue. I just put that together. I was like, wait a goddamn minute. I didn't even think about that. I, I, huh. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, so Shannon is rightfully pissed to learn about her husband's affair. Obviously. This is definitely news to her. And she tells Chris that she'll never let him see the kids again. And, you know, like, she's mad. And Chris, in a fit of rage, then pros- proceeds to strangle her to death. What? <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. So he's like, hey, it's been like a year. I've been having an affair under your nose while you're literally carrying my child. And then she gets upset about it and is like, okay, you have not only been lying to me, but not been a part of this family for like a year. And I don't want you seeing the kids again. And then he is like, okay, I am justified in my rage. I must kill you now. Basically. The audacity. I can't even believe that. What a douche. It gets worse. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let me have Uh, it. What's up? It actually gets much worse. Um, Awesome. So at the time of her death, Shannon was 15 weeks pregnant with their son, Nico, and her delivery date was supposed to be January 31st, 2019. Um, Their daughter, Bella, who is four years old at this time, comes in and asks what's wrong with her mom. Chris wraps Shannon in a blanket and carries her to his truck, um, telling his daughter Bella that mom is sick, and he puts the two kids in the backseat and drives to his work site. Now, remember, he works at, like, a gas plant or something like that. Right, and his older daughter's how old? Four years old? Four, yeah. Okay, so literally a baby. Okay. Yeah, literally still a baby. Um, He... Then smothers his daughter, Cece, the younger one, in the back seat and puts her body in an oil tank and does the same thing with his other daughter, Bella, and puts her in another oil tank after murdering them both. That's disgusting. Chris also buries his wife's body in the nearby ground at his work site. Okay, okay. Yeah, this is definitely getting worse. 
After the murder of his pregnant wife and two daughters, Chris and Nicole FaceTimed. Chris was lying on his bare mattress, and Nicole said that she thought this was strange. And it is when strange. The... <laughs> this is fucking weird. And when the um, when the bodies were later recovered, they were wrapped in sheets. So that would explain why he would be laying on a bare mattress. Okay, I figured as much. And it's like, okay, first of all, men are weird anyways. Like, with what they keep on their bed. Who even fucking knows? But, like second of all how absolutely horrendous so then he drives mm-hmm. to his freaking work site where he met nicole in the first place and is like nope i don't need my family anymore they're all gone there was like this is like a unsubstantiated rumor and i think man's I psychotic shouldn't even, i shouldn't even probably put this in here but i will just say i did read this is again an unsubstantiated rumor not confirmed has like no real backing okay a lot of bases what is it what is it people were talking about how because of like the position that nicole had in the company that potentially he could have put them in the 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 gas tanks so that if there was an accident and they quote-unquote exploded it would have destroyed the evidence of their bodies being there right right okay but it's possible but then he still buried the the wife though so that it wouldn't cover the murder of the wife though because he buried her it would just cover his murder of his daughters yes which is still super fucked up but like i think man's was just crazy like the the more you tell me about him i'm like okay like his brain there is it's not he's he's thinking with his one head and it's not the one that's on the top of his body Mm-mm. he's not thinking with his correct head um, so the phone call with Nicole after the murder of his wife and two children was 111 minutes long and Nicole has not been able to tell the police what they talked about during the call, even though she was interviewed less than 72 hours later. So I'll so just throw that out him. there. Yeah. Okay. Likely, mm-hmm. but that's not substantiated there. That's alleged that uh, in in, you know? in my opinion uh i think that can be assumed but <laughs> anyways so chris later tells denver abc a denver abc affiliate quote i left for work early that morning like 5 15 to 5 30 admitting that he and shadden had an emotional conversation before he went to work so the morning of the murders a neighbor saw a truck similar to the one that nicole owned outside of the watts home And at that time, Nicole's phone also pinged a tower in Frederick, Colorado, where the Watts family home was, even though she lived in a town 25 minutes away. Phone records also show that Nicole and Chris were in close contact the night before, morning of, and the day following the murders. Okay, so again, covering for him. All right. So later that day, um, Shannon's friend, Nicole, the one who dropped her off at the airport or picked her up from the airport and dropped her off at home um Mm -hmm. said that she became worried when she didn't hear from shannon later that day nicole atkinson said that she tried calling and texting her several times but got no response and like i mentioned earlier this was super unusual for shannon because she was always on her phone for work and took it literally everywhere with her so this was very out of character Mm mm-hmm 
Nicole Atkinson said that, quote, I knew she had a doctor's appointment that morning because she's pregnant. She didn't show up for it, and I was even more concerned. So when Shannon failed to show up for her doctor's appointment and then a business meeting, Nicole Atkinson decided to go over to her house around 12, 10 p.m. When nobody answered the doorbell, Nicole Atkinson notified Chris, who was at work, and she also called Frederick Police Department. An officer arrived at about 1.40 p.m. to conduct a welfare check and had a discussion with Chris regarding ways to locate his missing family. During the welfare check, the police officer inspected the house, but there were no signs of Shannon and her daughters. Chris gave the police officer permission to search the house, where the family dog was discovered unharmed, but no sign of Shannon or the girls was found. Searchers discovered Shannon's purse containing her phone and keys. Her car was found in the garage at the house, which still contained the girls' car seats, and Shannon's wedding ring was found on the bedside table of their room and the following day the colorado bureau of investigation and the fbi joined the investigation at first chris had told the police that he did not know where his wife and two daughters were and that he hadn't seen his wife since she left for work at five or since he left for work at 5 15 a.m on august 13th chris said that quote shannon said she was going to a friend's house with the kids and that's the last thing i heard and that was it it was very vague end quote Hmm. he was interviewed by many news channels where he pleaded for the return of his family and on october or sorry on august 14th 2018 the colorado bureau of investigation was issuing an endangered missing alert for shannon Chris was talking to Denver's ABC affiliate and pleaded for their return. He said on air, quote, Shannon, Belle, Celeste, if you're out there, just come back. Like, if somebody has her, just please bring her back. I need to see everybody. I need to see everybody again. This house is not complete without anybody here. Please bring them back. End quote. What a monster. Like, mm-hmm. if somebody has them, please bring them back. As he's sitting there thinking about their bodies in, like, a gas place. I can't remember what you said it was called. Gas <laughs> a, a gas tank, just chilling. Jay chilling, being like, Dad, why did you kill us? Why did you put us here? What a douche. He's a double douche. I hate him. Don't like him either. So, according to the Denver Post, on the day that Chris's wife and kids vanished, he texted Nicole that his family was quote-unquote gone. He said Shannon took the girls on a play date and didn't come back, and he didn't show any emotion while telling her this. Yeah, because he's a monster. Nicole says that she voiced some suspicions to Chris after his family went missing because she's maintaining that she had no idea that they were still together as far as she knew they were getting divorced. She only found out that they weren't divorced on the news and she was just as surprised as anyone. Okay, so just to preface, I have my own suspicions about what's going on. Which I'll say now, but I feel like that these probably aren't things that are have been substantiated at all. But it sounds to me like she's kind of a mastermind behind all this, though. Like, she was already searching up his name back in 2017 when he hadn't met her yet. 
Then she, like, plans a meeting with him, very quickly enters into a sexual relationship with him, is very regularly checking out, like, the, the lady's social media and, like, updating on her life while pretending like she doesn't know that he has a family already, which very clearly he does, and she knows that. And then it's getting to this point where it's like, okay, and somehow he had the brains to figure out that he needs to off off, off his family and then put them in gas tanks. It's like, okay, but she has been already kind of the, the kind of mastermind behind a lot of this stuff. It would not surprise me if that was also her idea to a degree or that she had been like, well, you're having such hard times with this. Like, why not just, like, do this to your family? Or, like, like I said, not assuming anything. But it's very weird to me that somebody would go to those to the all, those steps already, especially a year before meeting somebody officially. It is very strange, indeed. Um, so, she's telling the police that, like, she thinks that Chris is suspicious. She mm-hmm. questioned why Cece's EpiPen would have been left behind by Shannon, and she felt it was ironic that his wife was missing and he did not come to the office that day. He usually came to the office location in the mornings, and he told her that he needed to go to the field to check on a release, which was a small oil leak, and he, even though he wasn't part of the environmental team, so that seemed really strange to everyone involved. See, and the gas thing being a part of the environmental team, which Nicole works on, this all feels very weird. Mm-hmm. So, Chris failed his polygraph test, obviously. Clearly, because he's a dumbass. And, and he went on to first confess his crimes to his father, Ronnie. Um, he was then soon arrested by the Frederick police on August 15th, 2018, and subsequently confessed to the police that he murdered his wife, Shannon. He stated Mm -hmm. that he was having an affair with a woman named Nicole and that he wanted a divorce from Shannon, but Shannon didn't want a separation. And that Chris said that Shannon strangled their daughters in response to him asking for a separation. So now he's shifting the blame of the murder of his kids to Shannon. Okay, he's a monster. It's like, okay, your pregnant wife is not going to kill the rest of your children if she is literally pregnant with one of your children already. That doesn't fucking happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, which, it was false. Um, Shannon did not kill them. Chris killed them. Let's make that very clear. Uh, Chris also told law enforcement that he tried to subdue Shannon with Oxycontin first and the police were not able to establish how he could have gotten Oxycontin as it had not been prescribed to him. He said that where he got the Oxycontin was a secret that he would take to his grave and on the day of his arrest he was also fired from his job. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (sighs) So, documents reveal that Nicole actually reached out to authorities about the affair before they ever contacted her, but she did delete all of Chris's information from her phone. She tried to delete all of her internet history. She tried to destroy her SIM card before she met with the police. Because she's fucking guilty. And also, why would you call the police and be like, just thought I should tell you, I'm having an affair. (laughs) They don't care. They're like, bitch, I don't know you, like... 
So the bomb, (laughs) it was like a bombshell confession because at this point everyone's like, oh, this poor man, his family's missing. And then the fucking mistress calls and is like, hey, this guy is sus AF. Um, And it helped police tremendously when it came to solving the crime because they they quickly found cards, photos, and letters that the couple had sent to each other and determined that Chris had been planning to start a new life outside of his marriage. So... Mm-hmm. There's your motive. Oddly enough, authorities noted that Nicole's internet history said uh, that she had searched for Amber Frey's net worth following the murders. And to give you a little bit of context, Amber Frey was the mistress of a man named Scott Peterson, who was also convicted of killing his wife. <laughs> Pregnant wife. Uh, okay. Yes. So she's... That is such projection, because so she's obviously, in some ways, responsible, if not an accomplice to the murder, then. Because if she's searching up, like, how much money did this guilty person get for killing this man's wife? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, So in documents released by Weald County, Colorado district attorney's office nicole also spent 45 minutes googling how to prepare for anal sex and the anal sex guide on the night before the murders (laughs) what (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) oh my god i feel like it's probably unrelated but it is tragic that that information was released (laughs) i hope it is related see that's the whole thing though is i think she's a little looney tunes okay like let's just like recap here okay so i've already gone over the whole like you know you've been like tracking a man and his wife for like a year now um (laughs) but then it's like quickly jumps to from like wedding dresses to like murder to, like, financial gain from murder? To, to how to prepare for <laughs> Her search I, history is I all over I really the place. hope, I hope it's all connected. It better fucking be. Because that is the funniest thing ever. Not, like, not like the, like, funny funny, but just the escalation of events is too much. <laughs> this is just, I, emotionally, this is too much for me to handle. <laughs> so, meanwhile, a search of Chris's phone found hidden pictures of a nude or semi-nude Nicole that were located in a secret calculator app that was only accessed by typing in a four-digit code. Oh, fucking men. Secret calculators. Funny enough, this is not the first time I've heard of that either. I actually know somebody who did that. <laughs> Murdered his wife or had a secret No, nah, had a secret out. porn calculator where, like, it was so weird, too, because it was another girl who was trying to add his number or, like, her number into his phone at, like, a house party. I don't even remember how long ago this was. But I just remember her looking at the phone and she's like, why do you have two calculator apps? And then he, of course, bluffed it. But later on that night, I was like why do you have two calculator apps? And he's like, dude, one of them is porn. Duh. And I was like, <laughs> like, I would know that. What do you see me with secret calculators? I don't friggin' think so. <laughs> Fucking men. God damn it. God damn it. So on August 16th, 2018, Shannon, Bella and Celeste bodies were recovered at Chris's work site 
The same day, Chris appeared in Weald County Court for a bond hearing, which he was denied. Also on that day, Nicole spoke to police saying, quote, I legitimately think his cheese was sliding off his cracker long before he met me. End quote. Okay, she's fucking crazy. (laughs) His cheese was sliding off his cracker. Who says that? What are you from? The 1800s? Nobody gives a shit about crackers. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? I I don't know. I'm so confused by that statement. <laughs> it's just, like I said, there's too much. I already know I don't like her, just based off that alone. Had you told me nothing else about her and you were like, yeah, she said this about a guy once, I'd be like, I don't want to know her. <laughs> that sounds, I don't like that. Nope. <laughs> so a week after he pleaded... Uh, for their safe return, Chris was charged with three counts of first-degree murder plus two additional first-degree charges for victims being 12 or younger. Additionally, he faced another count for the unlawful termination of a pregnancy plus three counts of tampering with a body, which totaled up to nine charges for our boy Chris. That's a lot, but, like, he deserves it. Mm Mm-hmm. At a later hearing, the bail was set at $5 million, and Chris was required to put down 15% to be released. Chris was released with pending legal proceedings after he posted $750,000 on December 1st. On September 1st, 2018, a funeral was held for Shannon, Bella, and Celeste, who were remembered at the Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Pinehurst, North Carolina, During the 90-minute ceremony, which started with the singing of Amazing Grace, Chris was never mentioned, thankfully, and the priest read a statement from Shannon's father, Frank Ruzik, which said, quote, You are nothing but pure love, always caring for everyone. You will always be daddy's little girl, end quote. Which is so sad. Aww. That is really sad. On November 6, 2018, Chris appeared in court pleading guilty to all nine criminal counts. Shannon's family requested that the death penalty not be on, not be sought. And on November 19, 2018, Judge Marcelo Capau calls the murder spree, quote, perhaps the most inhumane and vicious crime I have ever handled out of the thousands of cases that I have seen, end quote, issuing Five life sentences without the possibility of parole, including 48 years for unlawful termination of Shannon's pregnancy and 36 years for disposing of the bodies of his family. Also, on this day, Shannon's parents filed for wrongful death um, against Chris. And on December 3rd, 2018, due to safety concerns, Chris was moved from Colorado to Dodge Correctional Facility in Wapwin, Wisconsin. On February 18th, 2019, Chris finally confessed to killing his daughters in a detailed explanation. So he's finally taking responsibility for something that he blamed his wife for. Which is horrendous anyways. So, like, fuck that dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he... In a five-hour interview from prison, Chris recounted the harrowing details of his young daughter's final moments and confessed to killing them and disposing uh, of their bodies. 
He said, quote, this was the epitome of being angry, the epitome of showing a rage, the epitome of losing your mind. Even admitting that the older daughter, Bella, had asked if he was going to do the same thing that he did to his sister and that the four-year-old tried to fight back. Okay, this is so, so sad. Like, those were babies. Like, a four-year-old is not, like, like just literally past being a toddler. All they do is love and trust you, and you're gonna do, like, this? Like, what a- This guy's just- I can't- I know I've said it, like, a million times, but truly a monster. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. Almost a year after Shannon's parents filed a civil suit, Weld County Judge Todd Taylor ruled that Chris owes Shannon's parents $6 million, and that's $3 million for each death and $3 million for emotional pain. The amount will grow with 8% interest, and while they'll likely, they're unlikely to get any of the money, it does prevent Chris from profiting in any way from the murders, because if he makes any money, it goes straight to them. Good, as it should. Mm-hmm. And sources claim that Nicole is now in witness protection. One insider said she has received several threats, public shaming, and is considered to be one of the most hated women in America. She plans Good. to start fresh with a new name, new town, and ultimately a new identity. And faced absolutely no consequences for any of this besides, like... How did she not get punished? Like, seriously, though, how did she not receive some degree of punishment for this? I don't know. Like, She's the motivating factor behind everything. And like I was saying before, there's just way too many, like, particular things that have, like, like, a touch to them that clearly is, like, not his idea. So, like, Chris has maintained that... The only reason that he committed the murders was so that he could be with Nicole, whereas Nicole maintains that she had no idea and she would have never wanted this. And another interesting part is I was reading that there is no known alibi for Nicole on the day of the murders. She doesn't even have an alibi for the day of the murders in there like mm. that we know of. We should just trust her. She seems like she knows what she's talking about. I feel like they probably just didn't have enough to get her, so they probably just, like, went hard on Chris so that they made sure he... Because they knew they could put him away for it, yeah. Yeah. Still, though, see, people like that, though, like, I I stand by what I said. I think she is batshit crazy, and I totally think that the whole reason that all this stuff happened is because of her. Either because of her motivations or what she said to him or... Her, like, trying to get into a relationship with him and it not going the way that she was planning. Because you don't search wedding dresses unless you are planning to marry somebody at some point. You don't- nobody mm-hmm. does that for funsies. Would, would you say that the, the cheese was siding off of her cracker? <laughs> I still hate it. I can't. Oh that, it, it, it takes too much out of me. But yes, no. Very interesting story, though. But yeah, like, I stand by what I said. First of all, man's a monster. Uh, a double, triple douchebag. Um, and honestly, I feel like uh, the lady he was having an affair with is just as guilty. And I think that if she was already like this with him, 
she may revisit that in the future or may find somebody else to do something similar with. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Right? All right. Is there anything you want to add about your story before we wrap up? No, that's pretty much it. That's that's my tale for you today. Very tragic, very sad. I do not like this man's at all. He's not a good man's. Nope. Absolutely terrible. Great story for you to share with us today, but terrible, terrible man. I really do not like him. Um... I guess we'll start with our closings then, so we can uh, we can log log out of here, and you guys gonna have a good night or day or life, I guess. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you would like to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, our handle is at Wheel of Crime. Uh, if you liked the show today and would like to help us with uh, reaching more listeners, you can give us a review at iTunes. That would be Wheel of Crime Podcast. Um, if you have a story of your own you'd like to share or you just have questions, comments, concerns, you can email us uh, wheelofcrime at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon if you would like to donate to our cause and to us uh, and our lives and just be really nice. And that is through Patreon uh, at Wheel of Crime. Um, have I missed anything? I feel like I'm missing something. One thing. I feel like I'm missing one thing. Website? Oh, we've done website. We've done website. We've done email. We've done review. We've done Patreon. Social? We've done social media. Okay, that's everything, actually. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I got nothing more to add, just that, uh, I hate him. Same Z's. Yeah, all right. Well, you guys have a super awesome rest of your day, whatever time of day that is, and we will see you next week. See you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>